Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Humanity Unlocked. I am your host, Kimberly Daya, and today we have Mr. Mark Daya back at the mic to record an episode with me. But in this one, um, it's it's going to be different from the last one we recorded together. Um, the last one was on marriage and relationships. Um, today we are talking about the podcast itself, so very different. Um, December 1st was a bit of a milestone for us, aside from it being my 45th birthday, it was also an important milestone for the podcast because on December 1st, Humanity Unlocked turned 90 days old. While I have been working on the podcast for almost a year now, I kind of refer to January through June as my podcast pregnancy. Oh, no. <laughs> January through September as my podcast pregnancy because while I was hard at work learning the technical side, you know, formulating the concept, developing the format, learning and, and still learning the marketing for social media in addition to both booking and recording with guests – we really didn't give birth to this thing until September 1st. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason the 90-day mark is a milestone in a podcast in, in podcast land is because it's the point at which you can look at your numbers and your listenership and start to evaluate the performance of the show. At least that's what my course tells me. <laughs> and I'm happy to report that the podcast is performing better than I expected it would um, this early in the game. There were a couple of variables that I wasn't too sure about initially because I have chosen to produce uh, long-form episodes that run anywhere from 75 minutes to two hours. It, it meant that I was basically accepting a known risk that comes along with that. And for anyone who isn't aware, basically there's been some evidence to suggest that shorter shows tend to perform better. And so and so far, I, I don't think I've had a single episode that's been under an hour. Um, so that was a risk I was willing to accept just due to the nature of the discussions. But in, in, or, and in order to unpack and hold a reasonable amount of space for my guests to tell their stories. We really need a minimum of an hour. Uh, but in most cases, that's not even enough time. So, and turns out when the subject matter is compelling enough, the episode lengths won't necessarily matter. I also wasn't sure how the two part episodes would, would perform, but I'm happy to report that they have all done extremely well. There hasn't been a huge drop off in listenership on the part two episodes, the numbers clearly show that the majority of part one listeners will go on to listen to part two. So that has been reassuring as well. I think for me, it was just important that I followed my gut. And I think when you do that, the right people will find, you know, and find you and appreciate the content. And um, I'm sure most of you know by now that I appreciate longer uh, podcasts. So that's probably why I'm doing them. In season two, which began in November, we started mixing it up a bit, and the plan is for us to continue to try you know, a few new ideas over the next month or so. Some of the shows we have planned will run 30 minutes to an hour, some even less, believe it or not, and that's just because the nature of these episodes don't require a longer format. There will even be a few solo episodes with just me, and part of the reason for that is I have a few new ideas I want to try, but also, you know, it's the holiday season, so I think shorter, lighter episodes might be in order. I will say that part of that is just due to scheduling for myself and my guests, and part of it is intentional to put out content that is a little lighter and more digestible during the season. So that's what you can most likely expect for the month of December, and depending on the response we get to those, we may continue that formula throughout the remainder of season two, which goes through January. So to summarize, we're doing a lot of experimenting. I really don't want to limit myself to just one way of doing things. And because we are so new, I feel like now's the time to figure out what works and what doesn't. And in the end, I have a hunch it'll be a combination and integration of a few different styles. So, you know, just basically to give you a little bit of everything. Okay. <clears throat> so with that, um, I think that should do it for my recap. 
Now we're going to shift gears and welcome Mark back to the podcast. Welcome, babe. Hey, that's me. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for suggesting we do this because this was your suggestion. It was? Yeah. What did I say? Let me refresh my mind. Yeah, help me out here because my memory sucks. So I'm going to give everybody a little background. Um, This won't be news to anybody who knows us, but I I use Mark as a sounding board often. I like to bounce my podcast ideas off him to get his thoughts because he does a, a really great job at helping me work through them. He's great at asking me all the right questions. And about a week ago, if you remember, um, I was basically verbal vomiting this stream of consciousness to you, this monologue about the purpose behind the behind me starting the podcast. Um, so one of your famous monologues? Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised you don't remember that. You know, they happen so rarely. Um, yeah, I, I was I was verbal vomiting the purpose of starting a podcast entitled Humanity Unlocked, and I was sharing thoughts. I was having pertaining to the podcast purpose. And at one point we both remember, we kind of realized that the Mm -hmm. dynamic we, yeah, we have conversationally in those moments when Mm -hmm. I'm using you as a sounding board where I basically ask you to just listen while simultaneously requesting feedback. I feel like that dynamic we have, while it is super constructive for me in our private conversations, uh, when, you know, I want input, um, I think we also just decided in that moment that it might actually work well for today's episode because I initially planned on doing this one solo until we both kind of realized that it would work for this one in particular. So I feel like it could be really helpful. So the topic I want to discuss is the purpose of the podcast of this particular style podcast and what the concept of unlocking each person's humanity means to me and why I I think it's it's a good idea for us to circle back to it. So let's unpack it. Um, I'm going to start by asking you a question or two to get this conversation going, sort of to pick up where we left off. Uh, But I'm sure our roles are going to switch and reverse as we as we go along. Um, So as a listener, you being a listener, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts about the premise of the show? What is your impression of the show's purpose? Uh, I like, okay, so my personality is that I like to hear diverse thought, diverse opinion. I like to hear opinions that I've never considered before or experiences that I uh, I just maybe not don't necessarily relate to, but are told in such a fashion that it opens it like I like look I like good stories yeah right I, you, know, you know you've had some guests I've had some tragic backgrounds interesting backgrounds I mean they, they've shared parts of their lives that are you know really unique, unique yeah because look so, some of it is tragic and so I don't want to say oh it's so interesting because I mean right. like, these are real people in real lives and these are people that are like literally in front of you and you know who they are mm-hmm. So I think that, um, but, but it opens my eyes to like, look, that's not the way I grew up, but that's, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go through those trials and tribulations. I mean, in my mind, thank goodness, but, Mm -hmm. but they, but, but this is who they are. This is the journey that they took and this is how they got to where they're at today. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what I like and what I take out of it is just different perspectives because look, we all live different lives and, um, I hate the expression. We all like, like we we have our truths or whatever. Like I, I to me, truth is truth. Like not, it, it, there's no possessive in front of it. It's it's, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's either the truth or it's not the truth. It's not my truth. Well, no, it's, I, well, well, that we're gonna have to do it just a separate episode on that all because I disagree with that. But that's okay. But 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 like that's just how I define it. It, it is it it is or it is not. It is not. You can't own it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what it is is that you have these different experiences who that formulate the people who they are today, 
And one of the interesting things about the podcast is that it exposes you to different people and different, uh, you know, they, people culminate into who they are right. through their past experiences, right? That's the bottom yeah. line. It explains a lot when you hear somebody's background. It really informs, like, why they are the way they are. And, um, you know, I've talked about this. In fact, I was asked to do a TED Talk, if you remember. This is before the podcast even launched. And mm. I just said, I am... At first I said yes, and then it got rescheduled, and I was actually thankful because it got rescheduled during our Austin trip, so I got out of it, but I told the, the gal who was putting it on, I said, well, just circle back to me if you ever do another one. But the whole premise when I did initially accept was going to be about the fact that the most interesting people in the world, if you think about, if you were to stop and think about, okay, who are the most interesting, most fascinating people in the world? They're usually people who have gone through a lot of adversity, who have overcome a lot. And it's very interesting that we are so focused on running from adversity and shielding our children from adversity, and we're scared of it when really it's the one thing that helps us grow and learn and develop into interesting people. And I mean, I challenge the listeners to think about the most interesting person, whether it's a, a public figure, a family member, you know, a podcaster, in my case, it might be a podcaster that I listen to, um, uh, an athlete, you know, uh, think of, or a musician, think about who the most interesting person you could think of is. And they probably have a background where they've had to overcome something challenging. So it's always interesting to me. Um, you know, sometimes the guests will have a really challenging background and they're still in it. Like one guest I'm working, she hasn't come on yet, but that I've been talking to, she's still in it. Like mm-hmm. she's still really in it. I think you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And so, you know, um, her story's not not finished, and our, our stories are never really finished. But she's still really in the trenches of it. Yeah, that chapter is not over. No, no, no. She's still yeah. And um, then there are there are others who I've had on, like like well, well, James, my very first guest. You know, who is, I mean, he's he, he's one of the most our one of our most interesting friends that we have easily, right? Easily. And he's overcome probably the most out of all of our friends. Yep. So it's just, if you, if you think about it, it's, it's pretty interesting. So it's like, you see everyone when they're going through something as the potential of actually what they could, what, like where they are, where they could be going. I sort of look at it like that. Like, um, I have a lot of hope, faith and, um, empathy and, and compassion because if they are able to overcome it, I know what it's like to, to be in it. If they're able to overcome it, who they will be, it will, you know, it's yeah. going to say something. Yeah. So here's, I think the point though, is that you, know, you, we all have these different journeys and you arrive at different locations, but you have to understand that that location is, is unique to them mm-hmm. and your journey is different. And it's, you have to be careful not to judge somebody for where they're at right. today because if you happen to be the one on that exact journey, you may have ended up in the same exact location where they're at. Yeah. So, so I actually, you know, I've been journaling, you know, when I, when I was asked to do the TED talk, I'm going to refer back to this because this is when I was really developing a lot of these ideas around the podcast and also just in general ideas I've had for the last few years. Um, when I started doing the work quote unquote, which we'll talk about that too. But um, I just pulled some stuff from my journal, stuff that I wrote. I'm just going to read it to you guys, um, to, to your point that you just said, Mark. 
Um, I wrote, my obstacle taught me how not to judge anyone by what they're going through on the outside because I know that obstacle is part of their story. It's a chapter in their book. Sometimes there's multiple chapters. Sometimes these obstacles take up five or six chapters of a 10-chapter book. And when someone's on chapter five, drowning in the struggle, fighting through the trenches, and I'm on chapter 10, having made my way out, I remind myself how it felt when someone couldn't understand what I was going through. It felt lonely, and the last thing I would wish on anyone is to feel judgment when they are in the trenches. And it is also, just to piggyback on that, very easy when you're in Chapter 10 to talk to somebody in Chapter 5 and try to tell them how to do it differently, how they, you know, um, giving them uh, unsolicited advice, in other words, Um, because... Um, it's kind of like childbirth. <laughs> you forget how much it hurts. And that's why we continue to have babies and stuff. And, um, pe- when people are in it, it is very difficult to always make the right decisions hundred percent of the time. And it is through making mistakes that they are going to find their way and they are going to have the most growth. Um, so I'm very careful with, um, First of all, judging somebody when they're in it. And secondly, trying to tell them how to do it any differently. Even with my own children, I have to, you know, I'm very careful with that. Go ahead. You know, what you're saying reminds me of something when I was in uh, in college still, actually. Uh, and I was much more of a judgmental person. Like, like here's a... Were you? Yeah. Like, okay. So I could picture this as clear as yesterday, which is rare. Like, I don't, like, have that great of memory. But I'm envisioning this right now. And I remember this. Uh, I was sitting out on a patio restaurant-ish, something like that, and uh, looking out and seeing this guy, um, very kind of emo guy walking down the street, tattoos, very visible tattoos, uh, you know, ha- hair over his face, that kind of thing, and just, you know, dressed in black, you know, that that whole look. Yeah. And I turned to the person in front of me, and I said, like, like, something to the effect of like, what's that guy going to do like in life? Like, what's he going to do? Right. Wow. Well, cause I was that looking at it James. like, <laughs> I mean, without the hair, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hair is a definitely a giveaway on that one. Um, but with the idea being like, I looked at that guy like, okay, I can't imagine that guy working for a, your normal employer because right. that look would definitely, you know, you can't have that person client facing, um, it just that whole look didn't have any kind of professional aspect to it or anything. And so what that what is that person going to be left doing in his life? And and then, of course, you know, I'm 21 years old or something mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could come to so many different conclusions than I came to at that moment in time. You could have said, well, shoot, you could you could be that person. Who knows what that person went through to have that appearance, have that look. And, you know, you're judging that person, that person is you know, doing maybe those tattoos. I don't think he had any facial tattoos, but maybe he wanted to show his pain to the world because, you know, that's what some people with tattoos do. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I've never thought about it that way. So this is early 2000s, ni- oh. or not late 90s, right? This isn't like, okay. you know, tattoos are like, every, it seems like every guy's got I sleeves know. nowadays, right? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, and you know, brought on by you know athletes and yeah. everything like yeah. that, where you got like you know Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and LeBron James and but everybody else. But back then, else. what so you're saying is back then, 
Uh-uh. Like that was not the same okay. as it is today. Okay. Not in the late nineties. Late nineties. So your 90s, point was, is, is that? Well, the point is, is that from back then, it, I looked at it and I judged that person for just how they looked, mm-hmm. and without, for two, in, with two failures at least. Failure number one is is not understanding like maybe what that person has gone through to take that different path. They took somewhere along the way, they took a fork in the road, they went a different direction. And there may have been some kind of significant trigger in their life, death in the family. Who, who the heck knows? You know, what, maybe what, they just liked that style. Did that ever, did you ever think about that? Maybe they just appreciated that, a different style. It, it could be. No, okay. it, it, it may possibly. We're literally but, inviting you guys into our living room. But, These are the talks we have at home. But, okay, <laughs> maybe this is some judgment on my part mm-hmm. still. But I'm, it, it is such a different look that to me, I think chances are that it may have been brought on by something else okay. in, in life mm-hmm. to, to, to be so divergent from the norm. Right. You know, we all have our own style, but then there's a huge divergence okay. in, in what that is. So yeah. anyways, the point is, is that, you know, who, he could have been uh, an artist. Anyway, we, yeah, it, doesn't yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. Yeah, but 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 I, you know, I judge that person who, without knowing his past, one and two, um, without knowing who he is and what yeah. it, what he wants in his future. Because mm-hmm. what I want in life mm-hmm. is going to be very different <laughs> right. than what somebody like that may want out of life. That's the first thing I thought about. And I just couldn't see like. Don't you want stability? Don't you want uh, like a good paycheck? Right. And, you know, like maybe he doesn't. No, <laughs> maybe he has zero value in that. It's exactly the first thing I thought about when you started talking. I feel like we all have a different frame of reference. And I think that's when people say our truth. I think that's what they're talking about. Like we're all coming from our own truth, our different frame of reference, our where we grew up, how we grow, grew up, what we learned, what we know, what we don't know. Um, it's going to be different for everyone. So, um, you know, he, he is a reflection of his upbringing, of his home life, of, of, of his personal life. Or, 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 or maybe he's just an artist and he likes tattoos. And like, I mean, who knows? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But that's the, that's the whole point of not judging. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Um, I, um, I don't ever think, um, and we're, we're going to circle back to the whole read. I mean, really what this podcast is about this episode is about is is sort of circling back to our purpose because I'm going to have um I have a feeling that I'm going to have on guests that are not going to resonate with everybody and um it's important to circle back because if you can remember my initial episode my trailer and in my initial reels I put out on Instagram if you follow me on Instagram um I spoke about the fact that the aim isn't for us all to agree the aim is for even when you disagree especially when you disagree that you're able to see a person's humanity regardless of whether or not you agree with something they say or don't say or do or don't do if you think that I'm going to agree and, and co-sign on every um, decision or guest or lifestyle that comes um, into the studio, you're, you're wrong. And it's not, but that does, has no bearing on how I will treat them as a person, mm-hmm. um, whether or not I feel like they are kind, whether or not I feel like they're respectful, whether or not I think they're a good guest. 
it, the purpose is not to agree. The purpose is to see the humanity, hence the name Humanity Unlocked. Mm -hmm. So I challenged myself to have these discussions. There's this, you know, you hear it a lot, and you and I have talked about this, and I think this is right around, this is probably the conversation where I think you said, hey, why don't we do this in the in studio, this conversation? I said, I asked you, I said, um, do you ever hear people um, talk about like hanging out with like-minded people. Have you ever heard that phrase thrown around? And what what did you say? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember exactly. But, but do you remember your, you, wh how yeah, you felt about it? Yeah, I, I, that's boring. Right. <laughs> that's probably what I said. <laughs> um, and I think that there are, there's a time and a place, there are circles for that. There are, you know, obviously. Like I was talking today to my girlfriend about like, you know, church, uh, mm -hmm. like-minded people you know mm -hmm. like you're around people who share your same beliefs R religion and politics right R sure yes exactly um but in terms of like i mean I've, I've been to a couple like women events and <sighs> when i tell you that everybody um it was like a bunch of and myself included by the way it was like a bunch of me's me's yeah. i was looking at a bunch of me's we were all in I, i'm don't take this as a put down or an insult because I'm talking about myself. Uh, so it's, I'm not, I, if I'm insulting you, I'm also insulting myself. So just, but we were all a bunch of middle age white Christian women who were married with children. I, I didn't seem a lot else. Um, all put together the same way. Very, we all dress the same. Um, and not to say then that too is judging a book by its cover, except for what um, the the um, and this is more than one just one event. This has been a couple different times this has happened, which is why I'm bringing it up. The um, presentation and the talk and everything about it was is kind of a little bit like preaching to the choir, mm -hmm. a little bit like we all already agree on this. Mm -hmm. We all already know this. We're all already so the, on board the, with this. the subject this. matter was something that like, everybody had in we, common anyway. What are we doing here? Like, yeah. I guess community, yes. But I am so fond of having conversations and being in company where you're not going to be, um, you know, we're, we're not going to share everything in common. If I were to, let's take, for example, um, the um, Afghan refugee family. Uh, some of our listeners will know, some won't. In um September of 2021. Have something to say about that. Okay. In September of 2021, um, after the fall of Afghanistan happened in, in August, we, um, it's a long story. Maybe we'll have, I would love to actually have on um, the wife, Rahila. If she, um, I haven't talked to her about it. Maybe I will. I just saw her. I should have brought it up. Anyways, um, as a guest. But uh, the fall of Afghanistan happened in, in August. We, long story short, but we adopted, we basically took in this family as a refugee family. It's like a, we, we, we were their host family. We'd made a bunch of calls. We just basically we, fostered them. We for fostered them. Yeah. yeah. For a month, got them all set up and everything. I am, we, I'm a, I'm a Christian woman. Okay. I make no, it's not a secret. <laughs> and, um, they are very devout Muslims. And, um, if I would have let my faith stand in the way, of taking them in, I would have robbed myself of one of the most beautiful experiences I have ever had and maybe will ever have in my entire life. They are the kindest, most loving people that you could ever meet. Um, I 
am forever thankful that we followed. I feel like God's plan for us was to actually, you know, this, we were led to do this. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that we, that we, that, that, that we followed our hearts on that. Cause it was a, you know, we were going into the unknown, but the point is, is that I didn't let something that was different from everything was different about it. I mean, the mm-hmm. language was different, although they spoke good English, but the religion was different. The country was different. The culture was different. The food was different. I mean, everything couldn't get more different, mm-hmm. but in, in the heart in, in our hearts, we're very similar. Mm-hmm. She and I, um, we learn a lot from each other. We continue to, I adore her. Um, I adore the whole family, but obviously I'm closest to the mom. So it's just an example. And that's not to toot my own horn, but this is something that I've challenged myself to do. And so in challenging myself to do this over the last, I I say five years, because it's when I really realized like I have a lot of work to do. That's the whole reason for the podcast, because I thought, well, if I can do this, if I can start to see things from from perspectives that are different from my own, then maybe, maybe other people that have challenges with that will start to do that as well. I want to talk about because I'm a I'm Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, there's we are to guard our hearts. We are to you know practice discernment. And there there is I just want to want to talk about that a little bit. And there are obviously like viewpoints that maybe are not considered acceptable um, within the faith. And I have my beliefs, and I'm very convicted in them. Mm-hmm. Just because. It, it, and I don't feel the need to like shout them from the rooftops or share them. That's not what this is about. Um, I'm not telling anybody how and to. And that's not your style either. No, it is definitely not. Um, I live my, my, the way I live my life is my testament. And I am happy to share with anybody who wants to, to speak to me further on it. But just because I don't agree with somebody, um, it doesn't mean I'm not curious and it uh, sometimes when most of the time, if I don't agree with somebody um, and it's not like I sit and think like, I don't agree with you because I'm not that I'm not a very I'm not super opinionated. Like, I love this line. It's um, that <laughs> in my head, whenever there's something that it kind of doesn't sound good from the outside and maybe feel off on the inside. But, you know, I don't quite know. And it's the line. It's insufficient data for a meaningful response. If you remember that. <laughs> There's insu- so for me, I will hold my tongue because I don't know enough. And yeah. there's such power in the I don't know. And I love saying I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, we don't, you know, sometimes we really just don't know. So in those instances, I default to kindness and um, I am loving and, ex- and accepting. And I, um, I put judgment on the back burner and I lean into curiosity. So usually if something doesn't hit exactly like where it it would align with me, um, and sometimes it makes me more curious because I want to understand. But I trust myself to learn about something I don't agree with. I mean, with, without being influenced and I'm willing to put myself in other in another person's shoes, even if I don't agree with them or don't understand because I am very secure in my own discernment skills. And I think that if you, trust yourself and know you're not easily influenced and know you're not an impressionable person you are convicted in whatever it is you believe Mm -hmm. you will have the confidence to or we'll just we're going to take religion and politics because we know they're the most divisive right now just as a a, um, example if you are on the left or on the right and if you are confident in your position 
you will be okay sitting across and discussing with the opposite. Let's take a Christian talking to an atheist. Both of them could be convicted in their own ways, but as long as kindness is, as long as the discussion is a matter of, of uh, in good faith, so to speak, um, and and you come from kindness, and you're not trying to, uh, you, you could have discussions, you could have debates, and they could be friendly, and as long as it's not personally attacked, you're attacking somebody, it's okay to share these different opinions. And, and, and the truth is, the truth is, is that as a Christian, it's even more important to be in that place where there's others, mm-hmm. non-Christians. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I agree. Right? And where you can, uh, and, and, then, and then at that point, it's, it's, it's like, you know, you could, th- there are different ways of, of taking on that scenario, but the most effective way is just to lead by example. Something that I always do, ask yourself, what would it take for you to change your mind about something you were very, very convicted in? Something that you were you you held your strongest belief system, whatever that is, whether it's religion, politics, whatever it is. And if you're, think about that. What would it take for you to change your mind on that? And if you're trying to change someone's mind about something, are you behaving in a manner that you would respond to? if somebody was doing it to you. So with (laughs) that, I think, okay, like I know what my convictions are Mm -hmm. and I, in the way I see people trying, trying to change minds out there, all that's going to do is, is I'm going to dig my heels in more. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Cause they go on the defense. So, um, I feel like the way you carry yourself in your life, the way you, um, when I, I just mean your interactions, like, um, and, and, and in com- conversationally as well, that is going to, you are going to make a lot more progress than you will telling somebody that they're a terrible person, whether or not we're talking about religion or politics Correct. or whatever. And people need to be hurt. That is probably the single biggest thing that, that's one of the biggest problems in the world right now is that people are talking past each other and nobody's listening to each other. If you and I are on opposite sides of an issue and I was patiently listening to you and you explained to me everything that you felt about an issue, I took that in, I listened to it, and I acknowledged it. And then I could turn around and say, and then do the opposite to you. Mm-hmm. We could have a mutual understanding. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, we could find a point of common ground. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot convince somebody to come over to your side on any issue unless there is some common ground somewhere that you could build upon right otherwise you're just you're just you know know, bashing at each other and and it just doesn't work yeah Yeah. Uh, and it's reserving judgment and taking a look at the other person and really taking them like holistically Mm -hmm. they're a person just like you are too and they had what whatever formed their beliefs, they've gone through a different life experience to get them to where they're at. And we just have to recognize that and be patient. Yeah. You're not going to convince somebody overnight to come your way. And it's more important that they feel heard than anything else. And safe. Like, um, uh, that's another thing too. Like when the time does come, if they do start seeing things from your perspective, whatever it is, let's just, let's, let's, let's take it even to something like, um, 
you know, say say um, somebody's in a really bad marriage or in a bad relationship or or whatever. Say say it's your child. Say you have a twenty five year old daughter who's in a relationship with a thirty five year old man and he treats her horribly. And the more you like beat her over the head with how awful he treats her and he, she needs to leave and da 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 da, the more she's going to be stubborn and probably stay. So think about how you're going to go about that. You know, mm. you're going to show. Um, love and kindness and reminder that you're always there for her when if, if and when she's ready to talk and if any and if anything should happen um, you're a safe place for her to um, to go to and you know it also makes me think about like my own mom when um, when I was young this is another it's just it's just an example of like how to um, make somebody feel safe coming to you like my mom always said that if I was in a position where um, I was out and the, my driver was intoxicated or if I was out and I was intoxicated that I could always call her no matter what time day or night and she would come and get me and um, she, no questions asked I mean that was like drilled into my head and that happened a lot I mean when you're a teenager um, you know a lot of times the people that are responsible for driving they, they drink and I would never, first of all, I would never drink and drive. Secondly, I would never think, I would never get in a car with somebody who's been drinking um, because of my, what I've learned just from my dad and being around the program and stuff. And so um, I I called my mom several times, probably half a dozen times in my teenage years to come get me in the middle of the night. Um, sometimes it was like all the way across town, like 30 minutes away. And it because it was safe and it was like unconditional, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like it was, it was, was I, was I, in a bad situation or did I put myself in a bad situation or did I use, um, was, was my judgment off to be in that situation in the first place? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but she never shamed me because of it. And I think that again, like even using the daughter situation, like that's a really good example. Yeah. Actually. So it's yeah. just, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but talking about, um, you know, my own, um, tendencies and my own triggers um you know this like I mean I, we talked a little bit about what it meant, means to like do the work and I talked about it on my Instagram today too um everybody I always like I didn't know like what is what do you mean do what work what do you mean I don't understand like what are you talking about like what is this like very like elusive phrase nobody <laughs> nobody actually knows what it means but I think it's different for every person like what is it that you are what is stopping you from sort of like stepping into your um, being the best you can be? I don't know. There's yeah, probably the best some, version of yourself. There's yeah. probably somebody that can explain it much better than me. But for me, um, you know, I was very, I would say, insecure, um, especially coming out of my illness and stuff. And I would never I was never super judgmental because I knew what it felt like to be judged. And I knew um, like what it felt like to not feel understood. And so. Pretty quickly, um, I it it occurred to me like, wait a minute, like if I was doing that, like wait a minute, this is what people are doing um, behind my back, so I don't want to be that kind of a person. So I would catch myself, and so when I really started working on it, I would do it like watching TV shows, like watching, you know, uh, reality shows, or um, listening to podcasts, or watching. I mean, I'm I'm a reality show and documentary junkie. I I don't like. I'm not really big on fiction. I like to look at real real world scenario. I like to look at somebody's character on TV who's real, not not a fictional character. And I like to see if I can see the good in everybody. It's like a challenge mm -hmm. I do to myself without judging. Um, 
And so I worked really hard to understand my own tendencies and my own triggers. Um, and if I was being judgmental or even resentful about something, I'm not talking about like TV, but like in real life, um, I would stop and examine that. Like, wait a minute, why am I having this visceral reaction reaction to this person? Um, and I would suspend judgment because I realized that I didn't know, I ne you know, you don't know the full story. And just as when I felt judged, I hated that they didn't know my full story. Like mm -hmm. I hate, you know, this, I hated that nobody knew the full story and they were, they were judging me based on the little bit that they knew. Um, so I learned to, to, to embrace, like, I don't know because I didn't know. And I, you know, none of us do. We, we hope that others will treat us with compassion when we're walking through things. Like we hope we'll be afforded that grace and compassion. Um, especially when we're walking through things that are like misunderstood. Um, so I don't know, like even if our choices are wrong, wrong because we're not quite strong enough yet to know how to, to make the right ones, which is a lot of times the case. Um, we hope we're going to be afforded a little bit of grace and compassion in, in the interim as we sort of muddle through. Um, so that's sort of how I, that's what I've been working on for the last several years that sort of brought me to this is I just, not that I think everybody, not that I think somebody ex coming on and explaining their story is going to change everybody's opinion of them, but um, I want to hear, I want people to know that um, somebody cares enough to listen and um, that I, I guess I'm giving what I wanted. I guess I'm giving mm. what You're giving I the space needed. That people need. Wish I, I, I yeah, I'm giving to, to be understood. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of times in life, I feel like when we when we go through something, you think, and then you get out of it, you think back, like, what what did I need most in that time? What would have helped me most? And for me, I just remember saying all the time, I just want people to understand. I wish people could understand. And so I feel like that is sort of where this all comes from. I mean, yes, it helps. I'm a really curious person and I'm, that's all. What, that, what, what was it back then that you wish that people understood? I felt, okay. So this is something I haven't really talked about. Um, not publicly anyway. So, um, I, when I was really sick, um, I would say late 20, 2011 to 2014. And what does really sick mean? Meaning I wasn't medicated yet um, or I wasn't on medication that worked. Um, I wasn't able to stand or walk around or function very easily physically. I definitely had a lot of brain fog. I was tired all the time. Um, so basically you're tired all the time. Your limbs were weak. You were in a wheelchair yeah. for, for it to be mobile mm -hmm. because your legs couldn't support you. Right. So when I was going through that time... Um, Anybody that, so if you saw me, if you were in my circle and you saw me, um, you would never have seen me like that because I would have never allowed anybody to see me like that. I had too much pride. I cared too much about what other people thought about me. I didn't want people to, I was embarrassed. It's like I was embarrassed that I had this. I don't know why this was so long ago. I was, you know, in my late twenties, early thirties. Um, I didn't want anybody to think I was attention seeking. Like you would have never, I would have never allowed anybody to see me like that, which is why there are so few pictures of me in a wheelchair. 
Um, if you did see me, it would have been because the medication I had, I happened to have medication that worked that day, which was rare. I over consumed it. I probably took double the dose, which I was notorious for telling people, oh yeah, I would tell people I'm like, oh yeah, I am. They would be like, oh, well, you look great. I'm like, I am drugged through the roof right now. Like okay. I would say that yeah. and I would pull myself together, put on my best outfit, hair, makeup, the whole thing. And I would, um, but I, I couldn't do that every day. So I would, you know, first of all, I did not have the capacity to, there was a lot of uh, sleep and rest that I would have to go through leading up to that. And then coming out of it too, I had a long recovery period. So I was judged based on when they saw me, when I looked normal, that people, you know, I know people were saying like, she, like she's saying that she's sick, but she looks fine. Well, yeah, I look fine. Cause there's no way I'm going to let you see me. I was so like, I, I don't know what my hangup was, but I didn't want anybody to see me like that. It was mm-hmm. so, um, I was so uncomfortable. For you me. just didn't identify as that person that, that was, it was you, know, you know, just bound, you know, homebound. You identified as a person that, that, that you that wanted they, them to see. Yeah. And that's what it was. It's mm-hmm. just like, that wasn't you. You don't want them to see the thing that wasn't you. Yeah. Yeah. I was so uncomfortable with people seeing me like that. And also too, like, um, I didn't, um, one of the reasons why I didn't talk on the phone or communicate a lot was because I didn't always have the skills or the cognition cognition. And, um, I didn't want people to hear me like that. I didn't, I did not want to bring anything less than a hundred percent to every single, and I'm still a little bit that way to every single interaction. If I can't give you 100% of my attention, like if I can't bring it, then I, I won't show up at all. Like I won't answer the phone at all. I won't make the phone call at all. I won't show up. If, if, if I'm not coming to something or if I'm not speaking to you, 99.9% of the time it is because I can't give you what my standard is to give in those scenarios. And that is a me problem. Like I have to learn how to be okay with not being perfect without, with not looking, you know, hundred percent or feeling hundred percent and being able to be in public like that. But that also creates another issue because then I feel like the couple of times I was more um, raw and real, I kind of felt like people were a little uncomfortable with it or they didn't know how to react or they didn't know how to, um, or and I was always afraid like, Oh my gosh, are they going to think I'm like faking it? Or are they going to think I'm trying to get attention? Which gosh, I mean, that is the last, you're already worried about that from your doctors thinking you might be a hypochondriac because the tests aren't exactly clear in the beginning that the last thing you want is your friends thinking that, or, you know, my family never thought that, but they knew better. But so I felt nobody was like really super overt about it, but I have intuition enough to, (laughs) you know, I could feel my way through those, um, interactions. And so, um, or maybe, maybe it's all in my head. I don't know, but, um, yeah. So, I just felt, I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel understood. You know, there was, yeah, I, I guess that's all I'll say about that. So, um, it, it's what I, it's what I needed. And so it's like, I feel like that's why I'm providing it. And, um, I have so much empathy for people that are like in the middle in right in the middle of the trenches, because I know that's like the hardest place to be without having a person to like really hold that space. And like, I had you and I had my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't let anybody else in because I didn't think anybody else could hold. I didn't think anything would be too heavy for them to hold. I mean, it was so much. 
I mean, I think you'd agree. Yeah, it was a lot. And, yeah. you know, considering how all your friends kind of talk to you, it was like they were offloading their stuff on you. <laughs> True. That's another aspect of it, too. That <clears throat> Instead of the other way around, nobody mm-hmm. held space for you. Well, again, like I actually had one friend point out to me recently, like a year ago, like, Kim, you have to take accountability for this, too. You don't exactly um, create space in our interactions for us to talk about you because you're always wanting to talk about everybody else. And she was right because who, because this friend in particular is a really good friend and I, and so she would, she would uh, be the kind of friend that would listen and and everything. But I have also had um, plenty of interactions where uh, I, you know, like I would listen for a long time. And then the minute I started talking, the person would pick up their phone or they would start scanning the room to see if there was some, maybe somebody more interesting to talk to, or they would change the subject back to themselves. And that kind of sends a message to you that, that you're not a interesting or be like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, you know, it's just people self-absorbed. I, and, and I think that, um, you know, I, I have had a couple really kind friends lately just just talk to me about this. Like another friend of mine said, um, Kim, I know I know what you're saying. Like, I get it. And I she said, I even found myself doing that with you, like where bringing it back to me or whatever. She goes, but and this is going to sound terrible, but take it as a compliment because people are so in need of that and it's so rare that somebody will sit and listen for like, I mean, I'll sit and listen for an hour and I will not it will not break my attention. Like I will sit and be engaged and lock eyes and I'm in it mm-hmm. with you and I'm holding that space. That is very, and she said, that's very rare. So I think we get excited when we get to spend. And so I did take that as a compliment, but at the same time, like, I don't even know what I would do with a friend like me in those cases. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I'm, the, trust me when I say I'm not the most amazing friend. I am definitely not like in person. I'm great. I am the best friend you'll ever meet. But, um, it, you know, in between like those interactions, like good luck finding me good luck, like pinning me down over text or phone calls or like, I'm very hard yeah. to, um, I'm, 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 I wouldn't say I'm flaky, but I'm noncommittal. Yeah. Well, that's the all or nothing part of you. you you're either hundred percent right. in, or you just don't want to do it at all. No, and I don't so, even want to celebrate my birthday. So yeah. Yeah. So you're always reserved, you know, until you're ready to be committed and then, then you're there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just think I, I wanted to just talk about that a little bit. Um, I wanted to give insight into why I started this. I wanted to give insight into, um, or I guess remind everybody that, um, that, you know, it's okay to hear an episode about somebody who maybe has made choices or has a lifestyle that is vastly different from something you might agree with, because I probably will be the host of some of those episodes and I maybe, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I mean, I'm a pretty open-minded person. I have my own, um, set of beliefs and values, but they surely do not get in the way of me, um, loving and showing kindness. I don't, I pride myself on, um, being able to look at each person as a person, Mm -hmm. as a human being. And I don't see them as their, whatever their issue is. And regardless of who they are, how they live their life, I see them as who they are the person that they are period end of story their lifestyle or whatever it is um has no i that's not going to um 
enhance and it's not going to take away from my from my impression of them. And I think that that's more of that is necessary if we ever hope to like get rid of some of this division. And um, I think that we've forgotten that it's that it's okay not to agree. Well, the problem is, is that we've moved away from that ideal. We like we all have to. It's like we you, all have you, to agree you, on. No, it's like everybody has got to be. It's it's turned tribal. Everybody's in their own silo, and everybody has to have groupthink, and everybody has to act the same way and think the same way. And then if you're like outside of the norm, you're like cast out. You're yeah. canceled in whatever you know, whether you're on the left or the right or whatever. If you don't fit certain We're not just standards, talking about politics, though. no, no, you're right, no, but religion. You yeah. know, you're either a perfect Christian or a perfect whatever, and then if you go outside of that or if you add some component that's not in the Bible into your belief structure, then no, oh, no, you know, you're not you're not a purist. Therefore, I must disassociate from you. So I actually heard recently, um, I was listening to, I don't know if it was YouTube or, I think it was YouTube. Um, you know, I listen to podcasts like it's my job because it basically is because it's research for, <laughs> for, for what will hopefully be a paying career at some point. Um, and I seek out these discussions because A, I get to learn about different, points of view even when I don't agree with them and B they're just freaking interesting and what and I'm not going to say whose it was but it was basically um uh the the topic was um talking about why and it's funny because once I watched this one there was a bunch of other ones that I got fed in my algorithm why it you must be a stay-at-home mom like how that's like the only way and to do it any other way is just like terrible for your children now or like, it's just wrong. Like, that's how we were meant to be. That's how it was intended. That's back when the world was a much healthier place to live. Um, that's where we had more of that. You know, now it's obviously a financial aspect. Women are more um, ambitious and, and um, you know, want to be their own person and all of that. The fact that, and I looked at the comment section, the fact that anybody's arguing over this, like, are you telling me like that is just nuts? Like I don't even need to like dignify that with the, with the huge answer, but that's but that's I mean, we're not just talking about politics and religion. We're talking about even things like that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. lifestyle. Um, whether or not you choose to have children, whether or not you choose to get married, like people like we must have an opinion about everything these days. And I am just over here like I don't know. Like I don't know this person. Like who? Like why do we care? Um, now, if you ask me my own personal belief for my own personal life, which is all I really um, feel like I'm qualified to answer, to be honest with you, I'm not an expert. Maybe if I was an expert, I'd have a, a, a stronger opinion. I feel like me being a stay-at-home mom was like the biggest gift and the biggest blessing. And I'm very happy it worked out that way, even though I would have never, ever chosen that path, but my illness chose it for me. And it just so happened that that's how it worked out. And it was tremendously helpful and tremendously, um, it was very healthy for my children and they would tell you the same thing. Now, do I think that that is like the formula for every household? Like, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I think that w something that works for one person, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, the, yeah, I don't like to be in a position to you know cast judgment on somebody else for their lifestyles because, you know, it's it's hard enough as it life is hard enough as it is. I know. Anyways, um, we're just going all over the place. But basically, don't you know, it's it's, you know, 
circling back, it's just about sort of understanding that we can all have our own feeling, beliefs, um, values, but I, 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 we should. Um, but I would think about how you would want to be treated um, if somebody was trying to change your mind about yours and ask yourself if that's what you're doing, um, if you're trying to be of influence in any, in any way. Um, and also, you know, I think it's, for me, this whole gig is about challenging myself. And it's not, I'm going to be honest with mm. you, and I'm not, I'm not like really, really like, um, it's not that big of a challenge for me. That's what I was going to say. I'm Go like, ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was going to disagree with that choice of words there it, this it's not a challenge for yourself in the this is this you are a natural at listening to people understanding people regardless of their background because you are genuinely curious about who they are what their story is and what how what makes a person who tick and and how do they become who they are today you're just genuinely curious about that. So that's, you know, challenged about that is not the right word. Where do you think? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I think maybe the challenge is, I mean, I always challenge myself. Like I, what I also do is I read a lot of times on social media, what I do. And I, this is a practice of mine. I do, I, I seek out, not seek out, but I'm open to looking at things that are definitely like maybe different than what, I would agree with and then I read the com or or I look at stuff that I would agree with and I read the comments on the ones that disagree and I s try to see if I can understand where someone's coming from 99.9% .9 of the time I'm going to walk away still feeling the same way mm -hmm. but it is I, I I encourage everyone to challenge yourself like can you see the humanity in each person now sometimes a hater is a hater is a hater mm -hmm. they're just hater they're they are keyboard what do you call them keyboard um, warriors keyboard warriors and they're just out there spewing hate they're trolls, and yes, those exist. But um, there are also people who will want to critique everything on the internet that they see, and they, you know, whatever. And so I just try to challenge myself to um, look at content or read things that, um, you know, and see if I can see, test myself, basically. I test myself. And so, um, but part of it's because I am very curious. I'm very, I always want to know, like, I wonder why they feel that way. Well, I think, look, I think you've got uh, the point of this podcast. And I think the reason why you are really good at it is because you come from a place of curiosity and you give people the space that they need to be able to express themselves. And you're in all the listeners are able to learn a something a little bit different. Um, you know, take, uh, you know, the, your first guest, James, right? He has... It really challenged and unique background to, and then it formed him to who he is today. And so you might look at, you know, him and just the way he appears, and you might have some kind of judgment about him. But dang, if you really got to know the guy, you'd be like, this guy is the nicest guy in the world, yeah. and you know, you wouldn't have, you know, initially appear to be that way. Um, you know, you could easily cast judgment on looking at people or whether somebody is overweight. Or somebody, you know, whether it could be a health issue, you know, not laziness, not gluttony, not any of that stuff. It could be a psychological issue that that, you know, where they went through severe abuse in their life. And I think what 
this podcast allows for is the stories of those people to be shared and it reinforces the idea of not cast or not judging a book by its cover. Yeah. And I think that's important. And then it then it takes one step further beyond that to to why to not judge a book by its cover. And then if you could find the commonalities, if you create that open space where you do find that one place of common ground where we could all agree on something Mm -hmm. then you could find place of mutual understanding yeah um and i think that's what this can give us yeah um i do want to real quick um just share that um what i am experiencing with in terms of like guests um who are interested in coming on i'm having a lot and it's more just a heads up i'm having a lot of requests to be to to be on the podcast from people who have um a similar story or the same story as um one of my former guests so a a listener will hear an episode that they relate with and they will contact me asking tell their story on the same topic and that happens every week i get i get messages like that it's like oh yeah so it's like we would be having the same conversation, you know, similar mm. conversation. It's like, and it's not as if I don't, it's just the timing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you spread those out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I just always say like, okay, we're going to want to put you on ice for a little bit. Like it, it's not a, it's not a no, it's just a, a not now. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I mean, I, I, I want to have everybody on that, but if you're interested in coming on then I want to have you on, but I just, it, um, it's, it's a timing thing. Um, let me think, is there anything else that I need to share? Oh, YouTube. Um, <laughs> that is just, I guess maybe at the end of the, it's definitely not end of November because it's, um, that we'll figure it out. That's coming on. But, um, hopefully by the end of the year, I'm not going to waste everybody's time in talking about the delay on that, but, um, just know that that's in the works as well. Okay. Is that everything? All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, babe, for joining me. And we will see you guys back here next week. Happy birthday. (laughs) To Humanity Unlocked and to me. Bye. Bye. That's all for this episode of Humanity Unlocked. Do you have a personal story to share with us? We're all ears. Visit humanityunlockedpodcast.com and send us an inquiry. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe to hear weekly episodes of our show.